Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We lead with the American Athletic Conference Tournament over the weekend and the NCAA tournament going forward. I'll ask you, Jeffrey, right off the bat, was this the uh, greatest weekend, the most fun weekend for the Memphis Tigers since the John Calipari era. So you're asking on court? Yeah, the, 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 the everything just all wrapped up in one. Was this the most? Was this the best moment in Memphis basketball since John left? I think so. I think because of I think the the nature of the way that the schedule played out. Obviously, on Friday, UCF has that big charge in the second half, and you're starting to think like, oh God, really? And then they just kind of put the game away. And then on Saturday night, that's about as fun of a way to get quote-unquote revenge as you could possibly imagine. And then yesterday, you know, Houston got it to like one at the midway part of the first half. Then the Tigers just kind of like put pedal to the metal. They had a slow start in the second half, but like the whole time you just they just controlled the game. And I do think it was very important to win a – to win a trophy with Houston still in the league. And that's about as satisfying of a weekend as you could possibly have. There have been, if you, if you, if you take that question and think about other possibilities, if the question is greatest moment since the John Calipari era, uh, the other, the other is in contention. It strikes me. I mean, Josh won a conference tournament that he had to win, uh, uh, came back, um, you know, to beat UTEP to get the automatic bid in a year when they would not have gotten the bid. That was a sensational, fun, great day. Um, I'll discuss the merits of that versus this one in a minute. Um, and then you had, uh, you had, then you had Josh got his first win in the NCAA tournament, not insignificant over St. Mary's. You had the wins over Louisville that Josh had, uh, which, were, which were massive uh, wins. Beat him twice one year. Um, you had, uh, and then Penny, honestly, you had you know the wins over Houston last year. And then last year, they got an NCAA tournament win. Like, and you would say, Jeffrey, which ranks, generally speaking, generally speaking, not specific to this, to this, this team, this moment, this year. Generally speaking, which is bigger, NCAA tournament win or a conference tournament championship? Generally speaking, it's a postseason sport, so the tournament. I still think that 
that weekend. Was, I, I mean, generally speaking, just generally speaking. Yeah, yeah, a tournament win's just bigger. Tournament win, generally speaking, a tournament win is bigger. But I actually think for this team, the way it played out, as much fun as it was, this was the biggest. I, I do think. I think this is the most fun, biggest uh, moment since the John Calipari era, which really means it's the most fun, biggest moment since they got to the Final Four. Because the, the, the next weekend, there was this, there was the next year under Calipari, there was always this sort of gloom hanging over them. And one of the things, by the way, that I, I was explaining to this, one of the, the columnists from the, from the uh, Fort Worth Star Telegram was sitting next to me and asked me about Penny. And um, I said, one of the great things about having Penny as the Memphis basketball coach is you don't have any of the drop drama. Like, they, they, either direction. Like, they're not firing him. Like, like when he loses to Tulane, if he had been Joe, Joe, Joe Smith, you know, lose to Tulane for the second time, there might have been a rumblings, you know, even whether they were deserved or not. Like, that's what happened. And then at this point, if he were Joe Smith, there might be, oh, might he go somewhere? It's just spectacular in this day and time to have a coach who you – know is going to be here, but given everything, um, given, given the, 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 the promise five years ago when Penny took the job, and it will be the 20th is the anniversary of, his, of him taking the job, so that's next week. So it's just eight days. Yesterday was eight days shy of the anniversary of him taking the job when he said um, he's going to bring championships. And he was interesting yesterday because he was really – humble about it. He said, I said I was going to win national championships. I skipped right over conference championships. And he meant that as what a how, he meant like how crazy was that? Like, I didn't I didn't sort of realize how hard it was going to be, you know, almost disrespectful, he was suggesting to look back and say that, that he was just going to win national championships. And given everything that has been thrown at him, a pandemic and, and, and uh, the roster turmoil. Some of that, uh, obviously, he created himself. Um, and then the IARP NCAA proceedings, which he was for which he was completely vindicated, completely vindicated. That was hanging over him and destroyed an early part of his career. For him to finally win that conference championship, to have that trophy meant an enormous amount, and it meant an enormous – like, the, that, partly the reason that it – yes, if this was the third straight year they'd done it, you might say, all right, the NCAA win is more important. But given the way that it played out, um, given the context, I honestly don't think there's any question. And then you point out the weekend – the way the weekend played out was just – each one of those games was really fun in different ways. You had the Central Florida game. Do you recall a game where two players, uh, obviously DeAndre Williams and Kendrick Davis, where two players have, at one point, they had scored every uh, until 18 seconds remained in that second half. They had scored every point for the Tigers except for one Malco free throw. And then uh, Chandler Lawson went to the line, I think, and got two more. So they got all but three of the second-half points. 
that was astonishing. You almost couldn't believe what was unfolding. Had you uh, and 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 folks went and scrambled for the last time. Uh, uh, two tigers had scored thirty. It turns out to be Omar Steed and Detrick Golden. I think is is uh, is the is the pair. But you know, folks were looking way back to Larry and um, and all of that. Do you recall a, a, a game where two players have dominated quite to that extent? I, I couldn't think of one. Like I, I was, I was even racking my brain like for teams that had like no that that was that was, and it was really fitting too, right? Because those those two players have been the cornerstones of this oh. of this team, and I felt like they set the tone. You could tell that this tournament meant something to them, and I thought the way that those two performed all weekend was was very fitting for them. Yeah, I, I literally went back to the first column I wrote from the first game of the year against Vanderbilt, and it was the same thing. It wasn't it wasn't to that extent, but it was Vanderbilt made a run in the second half, and I, and literally I wrote, you know, they got two players now who who you know, who don't let this happen. And that's what happened at Vanderbilt, and that's what happened throughout this year, never more so than Friday night. So then comes Saturday, and they absolutely demolished Tulane, and it was neatly summarized in one moment with the DeAndre Williams dunk. I'll be honest. I didn't know he had it in him. Like, that dunk? Um I I had asked John Martin, I said, is that the greatest Memphis dunk since Chris Douglas Roberts? And he pointed out, well, uh, T.J. Stephens played (laughs) played in Memphis. Yeah, he's a leaper. His dunks were crazy. His dunks were crazy. But there are some dunks that that summarize a moment, right? Like, that's partly it was the CDR dunk was a spectacular dunk but it also symbolized something. Yes. It was Memphis rolling over UCLA, this team that at that point had been just pretty much discounted um, and was just, it was symbolic of we're here and we're not, you know, this and, is who we are. And there's just also something mm-hmm. about having that type of moment at the Final Four. Like yeah. That's what everyone that, that was a miniature of that. This was a, a holy crap. Um, we are here because like, I, 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 what's interesting is, is I, um, well, first of all, it was a, it was a crazy play because if you look at the, where he catches the ball in his right hand, by the way, one's handed, his hand is about three feet to the side of the hoop at that point. He's cutting in from the right, but it wasn't like thrown up at, it was thrown up three feet away from the wind, and he windmills it down. It was just tremendous. Talking about it later, Keandre said, oh, yeah, he made a great pass, and I just converted. And, and, and Katie said, no, no, that's not what happened. He, he literally corrected him from the stand. He said, what happened was this. He said, in the walkthrough, Penny said that when the first guy cuts, um, this defender is going to – is going to leave you, and it's going to be like basically he said. Penny called Penny. Penny drew this play up in in in, in the walkthrough in the warmups, and um, and that's and that's pretty much what happened. So that there was that spectacular dunk on Saturday, and then yesterday it was you know they're up by twenty, they're up by twenty. Katie hits those back to back three pointers, um, and it is 
rolling over a Houston team that is the number one team, according to Associated Press, uh, in the in the country. And then, because you know, kind of, it couldn't be that easy again. They made their run. They got it down to five. When they got it down to five, did you think that Houston might win? I really didn't. I don't. I don't know why. I just felt like. I felt like we've seen Memphis all year. Teams can make a run on them, and it can even get a little shaky. But they always find a way to kind of stabilize. Like even if you compare it to last Sunday's game against Houston, they were chasing the entire time. But they've been right. pretty good when they have a lead, even if a team makes a run. They've been pretty good at stabilizing at some point and kind of finding a way, and that's exactly what I thought happened yesterday. Well, and the way typically is because you got KD. Like what happens is is that they say, all right, yeah, we're, we're going to leave this up to KD. You know, like, I mean, like you've got KD and DeAndre. You go like, okay, we have to we have to remember what what got us here. Although Alex Lomax certainly had a big hand in it. Um, he found. Um, he found DeAndre Williams for a, a three-pointer, a critical three-pointer uh, that was, uh, uh, that I think, restored the lead to eight. And then he had to steal uh, and the uh, and the layup, and then he grabbed the old trophies there, and uh, and I actually asked him about it. <laughs> I asked him about it in the post-game press conference, and. You know, I tried to be discreet, Jeffrey. You know, diplomatic. I'm, I'm a, I tried to be diplomatic. I tried to be discreet. And uh, Alo was having none of it. Here is Alex Lomax on that moment. That, that massive steal when Houston was making their push and your celebration, I guess I'll call it, afterwards. Uh, what, was going through your, what was going through your mind at that point, both the steal and, and the celebration? I mean, in that moment, it was just, you know, an out-of-body experience. Um, you know, I was just feeling free. Uh, so, if you want to know what I said, I told him, you know, I got big nuts. You know, and I held him. Because, I, you know, that's truth. And, you know, it might have been unprofessional in the moment, but there's just something that, you know, that I had to let out. Um, I got a lot of emotions that I don't let out. So, there was just one in that moment. So, you know, hopefully in March Madness, we'll get a part two of that. How great was that? I was a little Just an startled. all-time line. I got big nuts, so I held them. Because it's true. Um, so there you go. And a great moment. Obviously, Alo has been there, you know, every step of the way. Uh, for him to come through, it has been, you know, this year has been defined by injury. Um, for him to have that moment. He could honestly, as long as he held his nuts, he could have gotten that back. Um, for as long as he held his nuts. Uh, but um, how did it look? Could you tell what was happening on TV there, Jeffrey? Um, I mean, yeah, he kind of had to be paying attention. Like, they didn't, they didn't like, focus up on it. Uh, probably, but, I mean, probably. Yeah, a good I mean, thing. it was kind of tough to miss. Probably a good thing. So, and then and the, 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 they were just so damn happy afterwards. Honestly, you're exactly right. It meant, it, the, the the other reason we can say this is the greatest moment uh, since the Cal era is how much it meant to them, right? Like right down the line, it 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 
And and it's partly because the road that they beat travel. You know, we, we've talked about the road that Penny traveled. That's what I wrote about the Daily Messian. This is the, the five years and 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 everything he's been through. Um, and so this meant an enormous amount to him. Um, but then KD, like KD said it from the start, like I came to Memphis because I wanted a part of this. I, w- I wanted to win an NCAA. I wanted to get to the NCAA tournament. And to see him after just, you know, in tears, buckled over really at the, when the game ended. Um, and then there's DeAndre Williams, who's, you know, had a, had a 26-year journey, as you, as, as, you, as you may have been reminded at some point along the way. Uh, and it's just the biggest goofball. He just has this tremendous smile. There was at one point, yes, last night in the celebration, where he got down on the court so he could kind of make snowmen in the confetti. Like, it was, like, it meant so damn much to them that it was impossible to watch and, and not be thrilled for them. Um, and, uh, and the other thing that was really interesting to me is that Kendrick Davis, as much as this meant to him personally, um, he was asked about sort of, he wasn't, he, honestly, he was just asked why it meant so much. And, and he, he started talking about the city of Memphis. And, and here's that clip. Uh, yeah, start with the city, man. I know um, we had a rough time with, you know, Tyree. Everybody know that situation. And uh, just, you know, sometimes the city get, you know, a bad spotlight. So coach always tell us, you know, we the city's hope. And uh, we were able to say we did it for the city. And uh, Memphis is like a second home to me, you know. It's really, man, they embraced me since day one. So, uh most importantly, man, I'm glad to make the city happy. Coach, I always talk about the city, you know, making the city happy, playing hard for the city. And uh, can't too many teams say they get to play for a city. You know, you play for a university, but we play for a city, and I'm glad to say that, you know, they can remember this. It was a, it was a remarkable thing for a guy who has been here for less than a year to say. Because he brought it up, like, he wasn't asked, what does this mean for the city of Memphis? That wasn't the question. The question was, just, why does this mean so much? And he said, I'm going to start with the city. And uh, it's one thing for Penny to say that. Penny, obviously, you know, a son of Memphis, stories well chronicled, came back here in order to, to you know, to, to, to restore the program and to win for the city. But the idea that Kendrick Davis, in less than a year, could come in here and understand that and take that to get part of what motivates him is kind of astonishing. And it, 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 it to me, speaks to his perceptiveness um, and his sense of appreciating what matters. But also, it speaks to how much Penny talks about it. You know, the, the fact that Penny Trent is able to transmit that love for the city to Kendrick Davis, you know, in less than a year. And so that Kendrick Davis brings it up because it's true. Most basketball programs play for the university um, or, or, or the broad, whatever. Like they, 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 they don't say, um, hey, this is for the city. It's really unique. And um, and for Kendrick to appreciate that, I thought was really striking. 
uh, in the moment. So there you have it. It was an absolutely fabulous weekend for Memphis basketball. And now they've got Florida Atlantic Friday. And then if they win that, uh, they will play Purdue almost certainly on Sunday. They are an eighth seed. It's absolutely true that, that, that – let me ask you this, Jeffrey. If they had beaten Houston a week ago and then lost to Houston yesterday, would they be better than an eight? I think they'd probably still be in the same spot. I think the only way they probably could have moved was beating Houston on both Sundays because I think what we saw this weekend was oftentimes people still kind of think, oh, you get in these conference tournaments and their their chances to like kind of salvage everything. Really what they've been treating them like as, well, if you stub your toe, it's a chance to get your way back in. But they don't really – the bracket's not really moving a ton based on conference tournaments well, one way or the other. I think it did – I think this tournament did all, almost nothing for them. Yeah. You know, it, it was hugely important. It's kind of preposterous how little these things mean now. Um, you know, maybe Kansas would have been – you think Kansas would have been a higher number one if they had not gotten smashed by Texas? Well, obviously, teams did things in the tournament market, did, and State did. Like, there were teams that had good tournament runs. Um, but fundamentally, this was a moment uh, yesterday uh, to appreciate on its own terms, not because of what it did for Memphis's seeding. Now, I will say that if you had to be an 8-9 – and so, therefore, you had to be playing one of the number ones um, in the second game if you advance. And I'll say that if you advance, like, there's going to be a lot of talk about Purdue this week because yeah. they're a number one and because they have a 7-4 dude who was fun to talk about. Um, you can easily lose to Florida Atlantic. They shoot a bazillion threes. Uh, and if they hit a bazillion threes, you know, you'll, you'll have your hands full. They, but I do think it is the draw that, that Memphis – would have wanted if you're going to be an eight and nine to get Purdue. And by the way, in Columbus, people can drive to Columbus. Uh, I think it, it, it it's 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 not unlike last year, only it's a much better version of last yeah. year. Your thoughts on on their draw? Yeah, I, I kind of think that. Okay, if you take it in totality, yes, FAU's a nine seed, and their metrics say that. You know, that's they're not exactly underseated. This team lost Ole Miss. And right. Beat Florida. Beat yeah. Florida, right? But I mean, Ole Miss. Beat I mean, the hell out of UAB. Yeah. And but I don't they know. lost Ole Miss. I, I just that, think that, over. That, to me, you're exactly right. That sentence, they yeah. lost to Ole Miss. Like, like, there you go. You know? Uh, they're thirty-one and three. Like they, you, you get credit for winning games. That's the that's the point of the the entire operation is to win games. I just know that if I'm Memphis, I'm not exactly concerned about you know. I feel pretty good about that matchup. And then with Purdue, you know, Purdue wins the Big Ten tournament. They win the Big Ten, but having watched they got the, young guards, they got young guards. Man. They got young guards, and then Zach Eady's obviously like he is a mesmerizing figure to watch because he's just so big and it's just unlike anything you've ever seen. But, I mean, what do we always talk about come NCAA tournament time? The team with with senior, you know, established guards 
typically have the best spot. Well, Memphis has that in this situation. I also think it's very big for Memphis. It feels like they're getting healthy now, and I think that's a big part of it. Memphis getting healthy now, meaning who? like you know, Malco. Malco starts is starting to look better. Like we talk no, about. He's giving you. He's giving you real minutes. Yeah. Some of the other, you know, what in the other kind of little moments I thought was a big moment yesterday before DeAndre hit that three. There was a possession where Memphis got like four shots at it and Malco finally just like got the ball and just went physical straight up and got a bucket. I thought that was big because it kind of, it it felt like if Memphis didn't score there, they were going to really kind of be on their heels. But that was a big one. But Alos getting healthier. I mean, yes, you still don't have, uh, you still don't have Keontae, but I mean, for the most part, Memphis is pretty healthy right now. Uh, let me ask you this. If Memphis were to lose to FAU, would you call the season a success? I think so because you accomplished something that you haven't done in the Penny Hardaway era. You, you won a trophy while Houston was in the league, and I think when you take the season in its totality, the biggest question overall was what was going to happen with the IARP. You got the win there. I think you also showed, hey, you don't have to do it with just these big, you know, big name freshmen and whatnot. They found a way to build a roster that's not this overwhelming, oh my God, look at all these players' rosters. And I, I think it's important that there's just some stability. Like, don't you feel better about Penny being able to put together another tournament roster next year after seeing him essentially redo it again this year? Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I, I, if you compare where you were, my God, like, and I gather they, I gather in the telecast they brought up the, uh, the stop asking stupid effing questions. Yes, they they mentioned but, that. <laughs> it's kind of, I, I thought it was a last year story. I didn't realize they're still uh, doing it this year. Anyway, so um, it, it's it's remarkable. You're right. Like we forget the IARP vindication. That's gone. And that was a def- that has been a defining part of Penny's tenure to have that cloud gone. Secondly, I honestly don't think there's much doubt that he can coach now. You know, like I don't know, he may not be the best coach in the world, or he may not be whatever, but I, I, he assembled like his teams get better. Um, this like I, this seemed like a well-coached team to me, um, and it was interesting hearing him talk about the importance of like how much he admires Kelvin Sampson because that's how he sees himself. He doesn't see himself in terms of being a coach. He doesn't see himself as some marquee idol. He sees himself as a grinder like Kelvin Sampson, but who builds a culture. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.